You're listening to the Proteus Leader Show with Erica Anderson, where you'll get practical tools and insights for leading, managing, and staying ready for the future. Erica is the founding partner of Proteus, a firm that focuses uniquely on leader readiness. A nationally known executive coach and best-selling author, you may already know her as one of the most popular leadership bloggers on Forbes.com. Ready for something you can use today? Here's Erica. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Proteus Leader Show. My guest today is Weiss Achiksad, the CEO and founder of Zen Culture Solutions. Weiss brings over 20 years of experience in investment banking at J.P. Morgan, Morgan Stanley, and Goldman Sachs, and has held multiple leadership roles, primarily tasked with turning underperforming teams around through non-traditional Zen-based leadership practices. He has a business degree from the School of Management at Boston University, as well as multiple leadership credentials from Cornell University. Weiss is also one of the co-founders of the Homaira Raman Foundation, which centers around providing educational opportunities for orphaned children in Afghanistan. So welcome to the show, Weiss. Thank you so much, Arka. I appreciate it. And thanks for the introduction. Happy to be here. Welcome. I'm thrilled to have you. You, you know, as we talked before this, you shared with me that you've always had a passion for elevating others to be the best version of themselves, which I love and aligns so well with our mission, and that you're on a mission to bring cultural transformation to Wall Street so that organizations and individuals can realize their potential in this age of the great resignation and quiet quitting. <laughs> yes, well, that is right, Erica. Um, it's It's been a mission of mine since I took on a leadership role earlier on in my career. Um, you know, you, you know as well as anyone, Erica, when you're privileged enough to have a leadership opportunity, you have so much at your disposal in terms of the ability to make impact on those around you. So the question is, what's your motivation when you have one of those positions? Um, what's your motivation? Is it because you want status? You want, you know, financial prosperity? Or do you want to use that position to help elevate those around you? And what I witnessed earlier on in my career is that I was just a worker bee. I was coming in every day and I would wasn't exactly content with the way that I was being led in some instances. Yeah. And I saw how it impacted my peers. I saw how it impacted myself. I would come in and just not feel like myself, you know, just mm -hmm. because of my manager and how is the words towards me, the emails, the just the littlest things and how the interaction went. And over time, I, you know, I resigned a couple of times because of, of, of my manager. And I, I said to my, I made a promise to myself, Erica, that if I had a leadership position, if I was given that privilege, I would cherish it and I would value it. And I would value every single person who I had, you know, the chance to lead. And, and I've, I've tried to hold true to that. I'm not perfect by any means. I've made mistakes. But this new venture of mine leaving the industry is to shine a light on what we could do better in my industry. I know, look, I, it's funny because you we talk about Wall Street. It's it's you know it's been lionized, it's been demonized, and you know in the movies and and you know all these things that that. But there's a lot of good people in the yeah. industry. Yeah, a lot of good people in the industry. However, it's also tarnished in a lot of ways. And I feel like I feel like we can do better as leaders. And so we can talk a little bit. We can we can expand on that. But my mission is to shine a light on how we can do that. Um, and uh, that's my goal. And, you know, I'm looking forward to 
the challenges that I know will come ahead and that I've already seen. So great context. I just love that. So given that, given what you've just said and what you're trying to do and, and given your experience in this industry, what, what are the changes? What changes do you think are most critical and why? Look, there's been a lot in the news over the years. Every decade has its own set of news in, with, in, with regards to turmoil in the financial industry, right? There's a lot of financial indiscretions out there that I feel like leaders are not held accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what happens, look at look at what's happening in the banking uh, industry right now, Silicon Valley Bank and the, the JP Morgans of the world. And th- those those big banks are sort of eating up the smaller banks. I feel like that's the trend that will continue. There's a lot of power. It's sort of a monopolization of the banking yeah. industry. And I just feel like, you know, I don't know how healthy that is. Um, and, and I feel like the the way that you help change culture um, also is it's always been about profits and quarterly earnings, right? Just like any corporate, I understand it's a business, um, but obviously Wall Street has a certain reputation for being even more so uh, emphasizing, you know, th- those traits. And it's just that when you do that, you also corrupt the individuals that are required to carry out those missions for those companies yes. have to be ruthless to an extent. Yeah. Right. So, so, so I understand how they bring the, now I've seen it up hand, up close and personal that in fact, they are ruthless. I can, I can attest to the fact that they are absolutely ruthless. Yeah. Um. And, and, and so, but I'm saying, well, why can't we, why does it have to be that way? We can still, there's, there's needs out there. We can help, we're helping our communities, the banks are, we're helping, you know, the global economy in so many ways. Um, there's always going to be a need there for the services of a bank, but how you go about your business is important. And if you want to do it in the ruthless ways and you bring in those types of people, well, guess what? You will have financial indiscretions Yes. Right? because the values are compromised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By any means necessary. I'm just simply saying that let's look at the way that we evaluate bringing in people into leadership positions and perhaps value more of the human elements. Yes. And 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 perhaps, you know, those values will ultimately supersede any any other of those um, you know, when you're at those crossroads when you have to make that decision, you know, do you want to go the route of okay, I'll do this? I'll probably get slapped on the wrist for it. It'll be better for the bank. Right. We just have to write a check for the SEC. Or do you want to go to the route of let's do the right thing by the people, by the community? Um, and most likely you'll get the same result, if not better. If not better. That I mean, you know that I agree with you. We've already had this conversation. Yeah. And that balance that I've, I've always loved that phrase of uh, doing well by doing right. There, there is that underlying thing that yes, we have to, we want to grow our business, we want to be focused on profit. And at the same time, as you say, we want to balance that with the human element to be moral, to value the people that work for us, the communities that we do work in, with the belief and understanding that if you balance those things, it will be better long term for everybody concerned, including the business. Absolutely. I mean, we, we were so short sighted and just looking at our quarterly yeah. earnings, we're so you know, and if we could just look at the macro and yeah. understand that when we, and then there's the whole talk about DEI everywhere, right? The last couple of years, especially. Well, what I saw, what I witnessed in the industry is that, and I, and I based this firsthand, is that true cultural transformation has to start at the top, obviously, right? The yes. top of the house. Um, 
your numbers with regards to diversity and inclusion is one thing, but unless you have diversity and inclusion at the top of the house, where you have, uh, you know, when you have different people representing from different backgrounds representing the firm, well, guess what? You're going to have ideas and, yes. and thought processes that are varied, that are culturally different. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, so inherently, you will transform the organization through these differing perspectives. Yeah. Right? And, and, and that's how you change the culture. You, now, what we see right now in my industry, and I mean, you may see it in other industries as well, is that, yes, the numbers of DEI are going up. Um, however, it's only happening on the ground levels, the people doing the jobs, right? In those cases, you, the policies are not changing. Yeah. The way they conduct business is not changing, right? Yeah. So, so I feel like the numbers have been misconstrued in terms of what do they actually represent in terms of does it really make a difference in terms of change? So yeah. those are the things that I want to shine a light on, and, and I think we can do better. That's great. So, so then, what do you see, knowing the industry as you do? What do you see as the biggest current impediments to making these kinds of changes? Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that's a, that's a you know, um, I have a lot to say there, uh, but but I have to be tread cautiously. But the fact is, the the old guard is still in charge, mm. right? It's an old industry. With, with the world has evolved tremendously, even in the past five years, but the industry hasn't along with it. Now, when you talk about innovation and technology and all those things, in that sense, AI, obviously that's going to disrupt the industry. We always, in any job I've held in my industry, we've always talked about transfer, change with regards to technology and how could we you know, enhance efficiencies you know, from an operational perspective, those things. Um, that's that's great, and there's always going to be change in that regard. Um, but where is the transformation when it comes to our approach yes. to to the culture and the industry and the way that we lead, yeah. right? And and there's no transformation there. It stayed the same. It's been a constant. Yeah. And so so with the world changing, I feel like we need to to change with it, yeah. and that means a different thought process. That means less hierarchy. Yeah. Yeah, there's always everyone's going to have their titles, but but we need to recognize talent when when the right time comes for that individual, regardless of whether they are an associate, an analyst. If they have the talent and the skills and the capabilities, then there's no reason where their, their voice can't be heard. I, I was going to say I love that because I tend to. It's funny. I feel like because I'm old, I can talk about people who are too old. But but it's kind of ageist, and and really, it's what you just said. It's it's mindset and thought process. I mean, there could be yes. somebody who's thirty who's just stuck in an old way of thinking about things, and right. these are the kind of people we want, and this is the kind of hierarchy we need. And you're saying that just needs to get unstuck. It needs to get unstuck, and I've seen a lot of talented young people. Yeah. Um, leave because they feel like their voice isn't being heard. Yeah. And guess what? We're, we're talking about a next generation coming yeah. in. And there's so many cliches and so many stereotypes associated with Gen Z. But guess what? They are our future. Yes. So yeah. look, just look at the statistic that McKinsey has out there, um, that Accenture has out there showing how the younger generation is not lasting long in the industry. Right. So, so why is that? Well, well, when you have the old guard in charge, then their values don't align, their communication styles don't align, and there's a disconnect. We need to bridge that gap if we're going to attract the the, the 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 brightest, the Harvards, the Dukes, the Michigans. The they're they're going off to they're going off to different industries, technology, startups, fintech, all all these other um, 
but but you know so for me it's very fundamental changes at the top levels um and and that's the main impediment erica is is just that the the also there's no accountability so when you have these financial indiscretions as we talked about earlier as i as i alluded to earlier there is no you know what what's the true punishment these are we're talking about white collar crimes essentially in some cases yeah. right now a normal person would would go behind bars and and in some cases they do um but in a lot of cases they just write a check or because it's it's under the umbrella of the organization yeah. so you can just write a you know a check to, to the SEC and, and you're, you're scot-free. So unless we truly hold our leaders accountable, um, I just feel like the, the, they will continue. Well, I think into my last question, which is, you know, we, we always want practical takeaways and I want to get down to the personal level now. So, so if we have listeners who are in this industry or in an industry like this, what from your perspective can they do to be the kind of leader day to day who attracts great people, build strong businesses for the future. Sure. No, um, thanks, Erica, for that question. Um, I think uh, it, you know, to me, I, I've always looked at any leadership role as put put the team first. It's very basic, very elementary. So it's it's people first, client second. Wall mm-hmm. Street, for example, is a client business, right? I can tell you this flat out, Erica. I dealt with hedge funds my most of my career that were my clients. And I love the people that I dealt with. However, they were not my priority. They were not my priority. And, and that's how I looked at it. My priority was my teammates. Absolutely. I was focused on them, on their development, on their growth. Yes, we had a job to do. But if I can get that piece right, they will do the job and they'll do it at their optimal levels. Yeah. yeah. Right? And, and, and so, and I, and I prove this to myself time and time again. Yes. Again, I wasn't the perfect leader. But our teams flourished, yes. and our clients were were happy, and my team was happy, and and you know, and so so putting the people first, less about the clients. The thing is, it's such a competitive landscape that it always has to be about getting that next client, high profile, and then when you do, keep them, keep them at any cost. Yeah, and and so I just look at it. I want to flip the script on that, you know, and and making it about it. It has to be an employee centric. In any business that you run, yeah, any yeah. business, and, and so yes, sometimes you're going to have tough messages, and sometimes you're going to have you're going to have to let people go. But the way that you do that can be in a yes, humane way, yes, yes, right? Communication, transparency, um, authenticity. Again, what is your motivation when you lead? What is your motivation? You know, my motivation has always been elevate others. Like, just do the try to do the right thing. You're not going to be perfect. You're going to make mistakes. And when you make mistakes, own up to them. Let your team know that you're not, look, you're, it's, it's on me, right? And I have so many examples, Erica, of where, you know, where we, where it was so evident that, that protecting your team, to, you know, and, but there's always that conflict of what the organization wants versus kind of what you're trying to do within your own bubble. But it shouldn't be that way, right? We should have, we should be similar. We should be consistent organizationally however what you'll find in a lot of our organizations that there'll be subcultures there'll be subcultures created so as a leader what you can do to answer your question is to try to protect your team try to have them grow individually have them ultimately flourish and become leaders you want them to become leaders some don't have that naturally don't have those dispositions but that doesn't mean they can't do well yeah um but 
but how how they then how then does that then translate into fitting into the fabric of the organization if it doesn't align with your values that's where this that's an interesting struggle that's yeah. a whole other topic so i didn't mean to veer, yeah. veer into that topic but um to answer your question i would make it people centric uh and focus on the human elements i would focus on bringing in talent has to change the way that we look at bringing in talent we we, we so much focused on their skill sets in terms of the job requirement that yeah. we overlook the human elements and whether or not they have the emotional capacity yes. Yes. to to function you know in such high pressure situations in team environments and those things and so what happens is you bring in those people and they're typically going to be good at their job but then they'll be given leadership positions ultimately and then and then what will they do with that right and so because they don't have that skill set so for me it's all about looking at how we can bring in talent looking at it differently and focusing on the human elements because anything can be learned yes anything can be learned but the human elements it can be developed right we yeah. all have it in us so that's for me recruiting is really really important in in how we change the dynamic of culture leadership boy and, and i uh, agree with what you're saying that that especially in the kind of high stress high pressure fast paced environment the financial industry is well, I've seen it that when when people feel like their boss really has their back, really is there for them, yeah, they're there for each other. It makes all the difference in the world. So, thank you so much, Weiss. This is an important Absolutely. request that you're on, I think. And uh, it can be done alone. Yes, and listeners, if you'd like to learn more about the support that Weiss can offer leaders, just go to www. Zen Culture Solutions, and Zen is X-E-N, zenculturesolutions.com. And to find out how Proteus supports leaders to be more conscious and more effective, go to proteusleader.com, click on Topics, and choose Accepted Leader. So thank you, Weiss. Thank you very much, Erica, for the opportunity. I appreciate it. This has been great. And as always, thank you for listening. And until next time, here's to creating the life you truly want. We hope you're feeling better equipped to create the career, the business, and the life you want. For more insights and tools for leadership and management, join us at ProteusLeader.com. Have an excellent day, and thanks for listening.